This episode of the Android Central Podcast is brought to you by MintSim, the best way to get cheap 4G LTE data in the U.S. Be sure to use code ACFREESHIP for free first-class shipping on any MintSim purchase. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Android Central Podcast. We are on episode, what are we, 338. This is June 1st, 2017, and no, I am not... Daniel Bader. I am Andrew Martnick, and uh, I have a nice supporting cast of people to help me through this because, you know, we're all getting used to Daniel taking the uh, taking the reins here, aren't we? Uh, we have Jerry Hildenbrand. He is back. What up? <laughs> I'm back. That, that's it. We'll just move on. Right, move on. I'm back. Let's go. Run, run, run. All right. We also have Russell Hawley. When was the last time Russell was on the Android Central podcast? It's been a bit. I've uh, I've been quiet for a while, and that's probably going to change today for well, several reasons. You ha- you haven't been quiet to us. You know, we that's hear right. from you every day. I've just day. been quiet to the podcast. The rest of you have to deal with me every single day. Yeah, for those those who listen to the Android Central podcast weekly, they they think that you've just gone off on an island somewhere. That'd be one hell of an island. Can I come? Oh, it's the best island. I can island. picture this little Muppet with a ruler saying, you must be this tall to enter my, my island. island. My island, Jerry, has the cleanest air and the cleanest water uh, and a whole bunch of other things that I just made up. That's because I haven't visited yet. We'll change all that. <laughs> oh, my word. And and over on her own island in the Bay Area, it's Florence Ion. Nay, I'm on the reins. <laughs> What is he? <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. I just, you yes. know, I just thought I'm questioning I would the decision now. Just become a horse today. So, clop, clop, y'all. Let's talk about some tech. Flo's a horse now. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, we can we can jump right into it because we have some we have some quick hits up front, and then we have a couple big stuff, and it's all very hardware related. I mean, software, obviously, services, all involved in all this, but. Right off the bat, we wanted to follow up really quickly on, we talked about the HTC U11 last week quite a bit, and um, I I did some digging because after I published my review, we had uh, a lot of talk about unlocked phones and how they work on different networks, because that's always just so much fun getting in those arguments, right? (laughs) Is this podcast going to be dedicated to your thoughts on Band 12, Andrew? Oh my gosh. Well, Band (laughs) Band 30 is is the new one that I'm getting getting destroyed over apparently but the the HTC U11 supports all kinds of LTE bands but it doesn't have a CDMA radio and so people think that you need one of those to get certified to be used on Verizon but you don't so that's, that's it's really funny because Verizon disagrees with that statement yeah so that's interesting uh, go ahead, Russell. Give us the the lay of the land there. What, what, like Verizon gives us two, like two different views on this, depending on who you ask. Yeah. So you know, Verizon has uh, the crazy thing about Verizon. Kind of internally, is they have the strictest policy for certifying phones among either of the four U.S. carriers, the the four big U.S. carriers. Their certification process is the most rigid uh, among the the four carriers. You, uh, phone manufacturers have to work notedly harder to get a phone ready so that its radios and everything are, are of a quality level that Verizon deems accessible before they are sold on the Verizon network to Verizon customers. You can 
Uh, you can buy phones that have LTE radios and and put a Verizon SIM card in, and it will just jump up and work. But for a phone to be Verizon certified, uh, it, it goes through a pretty rigid set of tests compared to a lot of the other carriers, in particular like T-Mobile. The, the difference between the two is actually really, really striking. Uh, it, it's really kind of comically striking. For a long I, I think time, John Lager takes like 30 phones and throws them in a box. The ones that land in are certified. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably not all that far from that, really. Uh, but uh, for a long time, CDMA was part of that because the CDMA network was what Verizon's network was built on. But a while back, they said that they wanted to, uh, you know, push stuff onto the LT network and eventually have an entire LT network and, and eventually kind of do away with CDMA. And they're not there yet. They're... Uh, you know, they do not have 100% network parity between LTE and CDMA. LTE, I think, is it, what's it, like 97%? Well, now, of, wait, this 90, they, 98% is the customers that have access to LTE. Right. And that's, that's an important is. distinction because you look at that map and you look at Verizon the middle of this says, country. No. Verizon says that 98% of the country, actually, they in this situation, they actually don't say 90, 98% of the population. Uh, they literally say the country, uh, which, uh, which is questionable. Well, yeah. of course, like the 2%, God, that seems really small, but it's it's easy to find plenty of people that say, yep. well, I'm technically... Oh, here's the thing. Verizon's 98% is technically based on how far these towers should theoretically reach right it should cover 98 percent of the u.s but the problem is there's way more involved when you're talking about radio frequencies than the oh, yeah. theoretical outlay so uh i mean jerry's in a particular spot where he lives yeah. where you're not you're not getting verizon service that's for a you know a couple different reasons but right. uh, i know you were saying jerry so you think that you know see you still should uh want a cdma radio yeah you know i i agree with both sides here from a customer standpoint i would like to have seen the cdma radio in there because then it it, it works everywhere let's let's be honest you can love verizon hate verizon but their services everywhere you know, almost everywhere <laughs> do you know what verizon does to its customers you come without uh phones that they've registered in their system by the way i can imagine manacles and and yes they could be strict or they kick you off the network uh five times within a year as they did with me in the nexus 6p which was a review unit from google and which i popped my verizon sim into and it worked perfectly and i think that one had a cdma radio in it if i'm not mistaken i think so yeah yeah, but even just because it wasn't in the system, like Verizon would just kick me off. So I'm just sitting here listening to you guys talk about Verizon. <laughs> I'm sitting over here seething because that's, yeah, that's super it's weird. such a consumer unfriendly thing. Yeah. CDMA and of its own. But then also just Russell saying like how, you know, strict their testing is. And it's just it's it's very frustrating. So I think <laughs> that the interesting thing is Verizon does this kind of double speak a lot where it it's compatible but you know somewhere down the line there can be some guy that's looking at a database and being like we don't know that imei flow (laughs) we're gonna kick you off but at the same time htc can legitimately say we've gone through the open certification process that verizon you know this really strict thing that verizon puts out there 
And because we support all the, it's LTE bands, we support Wi-Fi calling, we support voice over LTE, we can technically be supported and we can put that Verizon logo on our website and say, you can buy this and use it on Verizon. So, I mean, it's this super confusing thing, but I think that the point that I was getting to when I wrote this was, this is kind of the, the start of the, the downhill for CDMA as being a requirement. We've all talked about this over and over and over again. Like, I just want to use my unlocked phone on Verizon. I just want it to work, you know, just like it does with AT&T. And, uh, well, AT&T could be messed up too, right? But, but T-Mobile is a good example. And we're not quite there yet. Uh, right. Wouldn't you say Russell? I mean, even though we're, we're there, you know, technically we're not quite to the point where you can just buy phones and expect them to work everywhere. And definitely not everywhere, but you know, my area, it's, it's so hard for me to judge in this area because I'm in a Verizon test network. So anytime they go to do any new, anything, it comes to Baltimore first. Uh, we had LTE just way before the, the whole rest of the country. So like it's, just one of those things where it's it's hard for me to judge in my local area. But I, I went looking after uh, this this whole mess started, after you started fielding some of these uh, these questions and comments. I, I went driving into, you know, rural areas uh, near me, you know, within kind of an hour of my area. And uh, and I, I couldn't find an area that you, was just you didn't CDMA. Come, you didn't come visit me? I didn't come visit you because you are not an hour away. And I have well, a very specific a mission. longer than an hour. Yeah, yeah, you're you're about an hour and forty five minutes. But yeah, and I know I've been to Jerry's neck of the woods with my phone, and I know it it don't work. Like I I know what Verizon looks like in that area. So I, you know there are definitely plenty of places in the U.S. You know they say ninety seven or ninety eight percent. That two percent is still a fair chunk of the world that you know or of the U.S. that that people actually live in and use phones in. So it's not one hundred percent. But the the thing that I found in my area in particular. Was that you know we're we're at a hundred percent conversion you know for for the Baltimore area that I could find, and right. it, it goes a long way towards Verizon's statement that uh, I think it was ninety one percent of all the data on Verizon's network is already uh, just over LTE, including voice and data. Right, and and that was as of this time last year too. So you can imagine that's getting amazingly close to a hundred percent. So that's kind of the data that shows you right there where where they're at. We're, we're we like this kind of stuff. We're we're concerned. We talk about this, but if you're just a regular person who stumbled across this podcast and thought it was interesting, and you're listening, and you have Verizon, that phone's going to work. Unless you yeah. live somewhere, you know, oddball, and you don't have great Verizon service anyway, it's going to work just fine. And that's so you're important saying that HTC U11 is going to work on Verizon. Yeah. Most, but you know, most places. Say, but who's to say that Verizon's not going to give them the same, you know, runaround that it gave me when I tried to bring like an unlocked phone? I think that's like, that's my concern is even though, you know, this capability is enabled, it's it doesn't mean that Verizon's going to allow it. Without I know how they could them. do it. Well, what they, they did could. for me, what they did for me is they faked my, <laughs> I had a sales associate fake my yeah. phone and said that I have an iPhone on the network so that yeah. I could use, and which is just, it's not, that's not a helpful thing. <laughs> you know what they could do, and this would be HTC needing to cooperate, 
Mm-hmm. When you put a Verizon SIM on and start it up, it just installs the stuff you need that makes Verizon well, so happy. That's so. Hmm. That's what the difference is here. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, we can only kind of take HTC's word for this because right. there's no proof that they can really bring up. But I think that they made they made an important distinction here. A lot of well, very few people remember the HTC One A Nine because many yeah. reasons. But the A9 was technically compatible with the Verizon network. They put the correct radio bands in there. And when you put a SIM card in it, it would connect to the network. But it had all of these unlocked phone problems. Well, first of all, it didn't have CDMA, but it also wasn't registered to, you know, it didn't go through Verizon's certification process. The U11, hey, it turns out they learned something from the A9. They've actually worked with Verizon and no doubt paid a lot of money because the carriers charge for this certification process. This is on the manufacturers to pay this. Um, They worked with all the carriers, not just Verizon. They worked with AT&T and T-Mobile. Of course, they have a Sprint model, so they worked with Sprint. Cool. They actually have, yeah, Sprint model, whatever, but they actually have voice over LTE, advanced calling features, you know, HD voice, um, carrier aggregation, etc., built in. So when you put in that SIM card, it knows what a Verizon SIM is. It installs the appropriate things. You get your Wi-Fi calling, you get your HD voice, you get all of those things. Now, of course, that's theoretical. That's what HTC says, but that's something that they weren't saying before. Get used to it. The next. Oh yeah, pic- this is next- not going away. Yeah, the next Pixel and next year's iPhone are going to be the same way. I'm calling it now. But to to actually answer Flo's question, uh, you know, a lot changed about the way Verizon handled phones like this when the first Pixel came out. Mm. Uh, And and a lot of that was because people were buying the Pixel from Google and taking it into Verizon and saying, hey, I want this service here. And that was a problem initially because Verizon employees in stores didn't have a mechanism for that. It wasn't it wasn't even as bad as, well, let's fake it and say it was an iPhone. When you went to put in the IMEI of a phone, if it wasn't a phone that came from a Verizon store, their internal computer system just didn't have a mechanism for activating a phone that didn't come from Verizon. Uh, so, you know, they, the, the, that workaround just didn't, you know, the, the iPhone cheat, as it, as it were, really just wasn't going to work in, in a world where Google was selling the Pixel specifically to be on Verizon and was getting a significant increase in attention over the Nexus 6P and stuff. So, you know, this this... It's a lot easier now to to deal with the exact problem that you had. And while it's still not great, uh, I have not had any problems. And I don't know anybody that I've suggested by a pixel had any problems with being kicked off the network uh, for Verizon. And, and that's pretty much the only phone that I've recommended to Verizon customers over the last you know couple months. So it, I, I'm sure it would have been a problem. Doing God's work there, Russell. I will say I feel like the most... <laughs> The most uh, tech help people ask me for are like with their carriers or I was like, my carrier is making me do this or my carrier is charging me on this or why is this not working with my phone? It's just like, oh, my God, this is so frustrating. Do you tell them to switch to Mint Sim? Oh, hey, you could or any other prepaid carrier. I mean, here's the problem. Uh, Like a flow. I have the exact same. I'm sure we all feel the same questions. The problem is. You going to them and saying switch to Mint Sim or T-Mobile prepaid or Straight Talk, like that's that's answering their frustration with more potential frustration from their mm-hmm. point of view. 
And that's that's if they tough. need help to start with. Yeah. You know, if they can't deal but, with a postpaid carrier that technically has support and things like that, you know, now you're yep. going to send them to straight talk where, you know, there is no, that's you know, like really, that support yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Even Mint Sim, which is the, you know, the new hotness that we talk about and everybody seems to love. Their customer service is garbage. Sorry. They, 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 know, they can't, they they can't afford it. That, garbage implies that it exists in the first place. And let's be perfectly honest. It does not. Yeah, that prepaid carriers can't afford it. That's like right. that's why you're getting cheap service. You're paying for the data, and that's it. You know, that it's not that they don't understand this. They know it, and they just can't do anything about it. So one of the other you know, unlocked phones that people may actually take a look at yes. in greater numbers than yes. the U11 is the Galaxy S8 and yes. S8 Plus, which actually have a U.S. unlocked version. So... These have actually been on uh, pre-order status for like a month now, but they're finally available from Samsung and Best Buy. It's really nice. You go to the Samsung website and you click on Galaxy S8 to buy and it lines up the carriers and it puts a big unlocked button right next to all the other carriers, just like it does for the iPhone, which is excellent. How it should be. Exactly. So the problem here is only in black. Oh. Oh, it's not an orchid gray. What's that? What's that? I know. Yeah, right. What if they just made it orchid gray only? That would be one thing. Why even but, bother making a phone at this point, really? Just kidding. <laughs> Black is definitely the only version of this phone I don't you know. should ever that, own. That, after seeing that red U11, every phone should be that color. You know, Sony, Samsung, Moto, oh, all I y'all. I love color. I, just... I felt the same way about the uh, that green, that emerald oh, uh, S7. Oh, no, it was yes. so pretty. So velvety. I just, oh. Andrew showed me pictures of a pink M9. Yeah. Yes. When I was, uh, quick tangent, when I was at uh, HTC's uh, design labs in Taipei last month, um, I looked at a lot, a lot, a lot of prototype um, M7, M8, M9, uh, A9 uh, backs and, you know, full working prototypes in about, Oh, what would you say, Jerry? 40 different colors? God, there was a bunch of them, and they all look great. Yeah, the sea, sea foam green and light pinks and weird turquoises. Looks like and a Nokia factory. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Can and, you make that um, into a high res wallpaper? <laughs> I try I tried to I tried to steal multiple of them, but they watched me very closely. Mm. Taiwan has pretty good human rights. You could have probably just stole one, and even if you got caught. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. I know that some of these things are floating around. Some of these HTC engineers have been like, yeah. oh, okay, I'll, I'll continue to use an M9 because I love this color yes, and it's the, the only one in the world. You, you know who you are that showed me that green one one day. I hate you forever. But now I know there's <laughs> another one. So the unlocked Galaxy S8 does not have this U11 conundrum. Uh, obviously, Samsung knows all of the carriers very, very well. Yeah. They have the proper radios. It's built. All the things are built in, um, but there's no carrier bloat or change settings or anything like that. So, I mean, Flo, is this a phone where you could like strike the middle ground and actually recommend this to to normals? Oh my gosh, yes. I want to recommend this to my mom because she wants the new Galaxy S8, but I really want her to get it unlocked so that she can use it when she goes overseas. Just to be able to like pop your SIM in, in and out of the same phone is... 
you know, a lot of people want that, especially when you're going to pay so much money for it anyway. And I mean, if you're not worried about if you can, you know, if you can like afford to just pay out of pocket for the phone, I think it's it's way more worth it than maybe going through the carrier and doing the installment. Although I guess you could do the installment for the unlocked with yeah, Samsung or does. Whatever. Or yeah, well, Samsung, Samsung does, does it. financing. Mm-hmm. So much better deal. I'm deeply concerned about software updates. Yeah, because we we've done this before with Samsung, where the the S7 came unlocked and it lags behind the carrier S7s by a non-trivial amount, like oftentimes months before the same version of the update is available on the phone. Like whether it's big software updates or little security updates. Uh, it, it there's always some kind of delay between the unlocked and locked versions, and it's weird that the that it leans in the wrong way for the unlocked version, because you would think that would be easier to push out. I think the carriers are probably pushing to get it. They they're hearing more more people use the word update, so they're saying Samsung, I need you to hurry, and that's where they're focusing. Or are the carriers pushing it? Because I know, like, Verizon control. Doesn't Verizon control some of its development? Like, yeah. Because they're always, always pushing out extra updates for things that are not yeah. Android-related. Yeah, network stuff like that is fine. Easy solution for this. You you take the update package and you host it on the web and let people download it and manually install it. Well, I think part of the problem is that uh, the the update process for a lot of phones, I don't know if Samsung has this arrangement, uh, but for a, a lot of phones in the U.S., is that the, the carrier basically buys the that update time, like the developers needed to build the update uh, from the manufacturer, and then the manufacturer has to, you know, they, they invest that time into building what the update. What a disjointed they... process! Yeah, yeah. So it's it's messy here in the U.S. and the and and so that software then gets hosted, you know, by the carrier because that you know Verizon now owns that that update basically, uh, and so they can they can add whatever they need to it and then you know perform their tests and then push it out. That explains so Samsung... the bundling. Yeah, sorry. Go on. This is all. I'm like sitting here, you know, with my <laughs> mouth agape. I don't know if that's the agreement that Samsung has with with each of the carriers. I know that that is the agreement that has happened many times with other hardware manufacturers in the past. And that could explain why there isn't just a hosted site somewhere with the ability to download and push these files because they don't technically belong to Samsung by that agreement. (laughs) And it's not hard to think. I mean, let's also think about the fact that this is this specific device is very low on the right. on the totem pole as yeah. well. It doesn't have a lot of pull. Yeah. I mean, you can already look at the fact that you know they only offer one color. Like that's simplifying it because Samsung wants to kind of test this out again. They want to continue to offer unlocked phones because the people that complain about not having an unlocked phone need to have an option. But now you can you know also simplify things and say, okay, if you want that. Just have the one color. We'll make a couple hundred thousand of them, and they'll just they'll sit here for the year. Yeah, I I heard, uh, and and this may or may not be reliable. I heard they sold less than ten thousand unlocked Galaxy S sixes total. I could see that. That's that means they lost a ton of money. That's true, but but that's not like a thing that was really advertised. I mean, it was advertised by us, but, to yeah, our because people, we're nerds. But, yeah, but for everybody else. Sam, the, the people that are going to complain, I mean, Russell nailed it too. This this is going to be update hell for whatever reason. 
the people that are apt to complain about it, you can satisfy them. Just give them the token to unlock the bootloader and tell them to shut up. So we, we really have no choice as consumers, really. We, I mean, we have to go with the phone from the carrier. The, the people that want to buy unlocked and will, you know, say, okay, Samsung, you know, this time you better keep the updates going. <laughs> you know, I, I think if you buy the unlocked GS8, you, you're kind of, at one, at, on one side, you're, you know, putting your foot down and saying like, I want the unlocked one. I'm going to show Samsung I want the unlocked one. But then also you don't have as much right to complain. Samsung has given you no indication that the updates are coming. You know, if, um, it, if it were me, I would just buy the T-Mobile or AT&T one and then have it unlocked. Well, you can also do that too, you, yeah. Then Especially if you want that phone, orchid gray. Right, you'd have an unlocked phone and you you probably will get updates faster. So another unlocked phone that is super expensive and nobody will buy is the Sony Xperia <laughs> XZ Premium that is now up for pre or up for pre-order on the 12th. And it is seven hundred and ninety nine dollars. Ah, and well, that's cheap. I, ha- I have one for the name. I have Sony. one in my hand. And I saw that picture picture you put in Slack this morning, and I don't know. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Another phone that has room for me to hold it on the sides. Oh, good, fine. Good on you, Sony. <laughs> fine. So, hey, the S eight. I, I I can't use it. Sorry, I, I wasn't can't. even I wasn't even going to talk about this yet because I just received it uh, yesterday. I got it all set up, and um, it's kind of this brilliant um, blue, gold, black, awesome color because it's typical Sony. Is it blue and white or gold and white, depending on how you look at it, like that dress? <laughs> no, <laughs> it it's it's more it's more like the black HTC U11 in which it's just kind of green and black but i, I wasn't even going to talk about it yet i'll talk about it more on the next podcast i'm sure but russell actually asked me to to bring this up do you have some kind of insane mm. uh feeling of joy about a sony phone <laughs> wait, wait wait let me get some popcorn <laughs> yeah it's just it's been a while i think so it's kind of like a inside baseball here for for the android central crew Alex is usually the one who gets to mess around with Sony phones uh, because they're not available here in the U.S. And he just hates them. He hates them so hard. Yes. Like, it's, he loves it's, to hate them, I guess it, you'd say. Like you read the reviews and you're like, man, Alex really didn't like that phone. But the conversations that go on behind the scenes, he does not like these phones. Right. Like, he, Sony he, kicked his dog. <laughs> right. It's, it's bad. Uh, and so really the, the, the biggest thing for, for me was, you know, from from you know Andrew as as someone who uses all of the U.S. phones, I know you haven't had this thing for very long, but I, is, is Sony even trying to be relevant in the U.S. right now with this phone? It's well, okay. We have to get past the original the the baseline issue of the fingerprint sensor, which you've talked about before. Sony has some kind of crazy contractual obligation to not have a fingerprint sensor in the U.S. for some point of time uh, probably and john podesta's emails are it's ridiculous it has to be it has to be a contract with verizon it, it, yeah it has we think it's verizon that seems about right but no why matter wouldn't what, they want that on there i'm i'm sorry to oh so we, back we in the have... day verizon bought hardware <laughs> exclusives from from uh phone manufacturers like Ver- that was a deal that verizon uh, had for a while there was there was a while, I guess it was four years ago now, where every phone on Verizon that came out for like nine months all had wireless charging. And on in, sev- in several models, only the Verizon version had wireless charging. 
right. for, for like no reason. Aside, right. So like this, it, this is behavior that Verizon has exhibited in the past. It is not impossible. Yeah. So it, in the end, this phone, well, that's all aside. That's every, so, that's every Sony <laughs> phone at, in a baseline. The phone is nice. Cool. People appreciate Sony design. They don't appreciate it as being ergonomic or, you know, making any sense or anything like that. It's kind of oh, like hell a, no. it, you know, it, it's, it's just beauty for the sake of like techno lust and they they could still do that. They're, this is well beyond the hardware that they've done the last couple of years um, in terms of the, the quality of the metal and the glass and how it all comes together. It still doesn't make any sense when you pick it up. It has massive bezels around the screen. I I think the picture that Flo was referring to was I set the yes. XZ Premium next to the Galaxy S8. It's a little intense. And <laughs> it's just hilarious how much bezel and extra yeah. unnecessary stuff there well, is the same screen size makes it about an inch taller an inch but an actual inch yeah but this this is i mean each top and bottom bezel is i'm just guessing about an inch on this thing it's it is more ridiculous than usual because sam samsung is samsung has somehow figured out how to shrink all this down but sony has said we're just going to be unabashedly like large and cumbersome because this is a 5.5 inch display and it's feels like I'm holding like a Nexus six or something like that. It, Ooh, it still feels it. like a dinner plate. It's pretty hilarious. Although I love um, that phone, but it, to Russell's Sony. point, right. So, so what Russell was saying is, you know, like, is this still, you know, less worthy for any reason, the hardware just standing out in general, if you buy an XC premium, you are going to be the only person in your entire city that has an XZ Premium. Perhaps entire state. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I I hate myself for it, but anything Sony, I want it. I'm I'm just, you know, everybody's got something that they, they like. Sony is a horrible, evil company, blah, 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 whatever. When they make something, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I can't tell you why it's nice. I can't tell you why I would want this phone. But a lot if I of was people looking, feel that way. Yeah, if I was looking for a new phone and I saw Sony with that, I mean, their phones are pretty iconic. You know, not the way that an iPhone is. Sony, is, an I- is, Sony is iconic. Yeah, I, I'm just, yeah, that's that's cool. I would buy it and I would overlook any all the shortcomings, which I'm sure there are a lot of, but that's right. Sony. So the interesting thing, though, is aside from the fingerprint thing, which Sony just literally can't do anything about in the U.S., um, this has everything else internally that you want. Oh. I mean, it has a, a, an amazing display. It's a 4K 5.5-inch display, which is just absolutely bonkers. It's a really, really, really good display, as you'd expect from a phone that costs this much money. Is it is it 4K all the time, or is it 1080p? No, and- it is not 4K all the time, yeah, because okay. when you're going through some of the mundane stuff it wants to save battery because Sony is always about the battery life. I I always thought that was a good idea. When you go to like watch video. But yeah, when you go to view photos or watch video or in the camera viewfinder, stuff like that, it it goes up to 4K. It's kind of the way that Samsung does it. What about like with Netflix? Like, will it just automatically display that It's supposed to just automatically switch. I I think the other one, yeah. Any full screen video, it automatically switched. It didn't care about. The I mean, regard. It's kind of like the Samsung thing, where by default it ships in 1080p, except for in this case, it just 
automatically switches back and forth. There's no way to lock it into yeah. 4K or lock it into 1080p. But regardless, the, just the characteristics of the display are absolutely ridiculous. Well, um, I know when you're done reviewing it, I want this one. I call the <laughs> on it. Until but, Sony asks for it back, it's coming here. But the thing is, you know, it's got all, so it's got all the other stuff inside. They also stepped away from a lot of the stupid stuff. They don't put NFC on the front of the phone anymore, which was just the most Let Sony me pair thing with my ever. Phone face down. <laughs> well, right. no, that was more for pairing with their audio products. Mm. Made it, but it, but it, it's, it's still uh, stupid. Yeah, how no, do you know if it works if you can't see the screen? <laughs> yeah, don't don't try to justify that ever. Um, you know, it has a, a pretty good sized battery. I think it's thirty two something, thirty two hundred or something milliamp hour. Sony always has good battery life. You know, I'm still not so sure about the camera quality. Like, a, 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 I only weird. have been using this thing for 20 hours and have taken five photos. But, but the camera on. is the camera is stupid fast. It's you know Samsung fast. It's everything else fast. Wait, so, are you saying there's no there's no camera lag here? There's no camera lag. It opens what? right away, and you can just tap and it takes it immediately like i've never had a sony phone that actually does that even when it's shooting it's 19 megapixel you know whatever photos it also does crazy you know 960 frame per second slow-mo and stuff like that still have to mess with that but so right off the jump you know it still has a headphone jack people hey look at that now how much do you want it but sony isn't doing a lot of the very basically dumb things and the design, I for me, it's like it's gonna either you're really into it or it's just gonna completely turn you off. Yeah, but I agree. If you're a, if you're a fan of like the look of these phones, and there were all these stupid things that got in your way, you know there there are few fewer stupid things. <laughs> I, is that did I just say something nice? I'm not sure. Alex will be disappointed. <laughs> Well, so I I still have to use it for a while, and you know we'll see we'll see how the tides tides turn. So you can maybe answer if it's still like worth buying a Sony phone in this day and age because that's the problem. I haven't even yeah, seen I, one in the wild in a long time. We, we we you you were quick to skip by that camera. You haven't used it much. I, I agree, but come on, man, those pictures you took. There's something weird there that needs fixed. Yeah, the few photos that I've taken seem really really over sharpened, which is kind of a Sony thing. Um, I have to take some outdoor photos. I have to mess around with the settings. Like I've just taken this out of the box. Haven't touched anything. So which is how most anybody else is exactly, use the which doesn't right. bode well if that's the way you're so talking about it already. I, I want to see. I mean, especially. So here's the problem: you're always going to pay a big Sony tax. You know, the the problem is if we're talking about just like camera quality. You know, the U11 at six hundred fifty dollars has a great camera. The the Gal- uh, Galaxy S8, expensive phone, but good camera. The G6 has a great camera and you can find it for 500 bucks. So it's going to be pretty tough. Like this is always kind of the Sony thing. There's not a value proposition in Sony. Well, it's, no, they, they look at the sales of the PlayStation. They just don't care about anything else. Exactly. So they, but they keep doing it. They keep releasing phones. So that's why I'm going to use it. Um, but we we can move on to even more hardware. Did I did I say that this show is going to be about hardware? Um, for a phone that none of us have touched, so let's just get into rampant speculation based on uh, Daniel Bader's coverage of the device, the Moto Z2 Play. 
So Russell, do you can you give us a, a breakdown? I know that you're you're a fan of the the motor recent Motorola's. Yeah, so I mean the the Moto Z uh, is is a little different from uh, the, what we normally would see in in kind of the higher end Motorola phones. This isn't quite the the budget line like the the Moto G, and it's it's not quite the high end. It's this weird middle ground that uh, some people argue doesn't really need to exist if we already have uh, you know really nice uh, things going on with the the regular Z or the Z Force. Um, but the the Z Play is this uh, is this kind of uh, not quite budgety phone that gives you a little more power than than you would expect from from you know kind of a mid range phone uh, with a, a decent display and a camera that is not going to compete with like a Pixel or an S eight, but uh, is still going to get you pretty good shots. So it's it's this weird phone that sounds mediocre, but then you go to use it and you're kind of surprised that it's as good as it is for what you pay for it. Well, I mean, it competes with something like. You know, a OnePlus phone. Right. Yeah. And, but it and has these, way more brand recognition. It is way more brand recognition and mods. It has Moto Mod support for almost all of the Moto Mods. Yeah, I'll, I'll argue that this is the phone they need to make rather than... You're probably we, we, right. It's just the least exciting, I think. And it costs more. We, we think that a new Moto X will be coming sometime this year and it'll be their super high end from all the leaks we've seen. That has to compete against Samsung. And Apple, and it's going to fail. This phone, I think this is the one they need to concentrate on. Yeah, I mean, you're you're probably right. I think my biggest concern here is that like its biggest feature is from the previous generation. Yeah, uh, was it had a it had a pretty significant camera, and it was available for a, a pretty reasonable price, and it supported all of the Moto mods that were available. And and this year, the uh, the battery has taken a slight hit. The phone is a little more expensive than last year's version. Uh, and it supports most of the Moto mods, but some of the the really high end Moto mods, like the projector uh, mod, I don't think are actually supported what? now. Aww, um, I could on. be wrong about that. Don't don't hold me to that. Um, but the the projector mod in particular required a lot of power, and the projector mod is almost as expensive as the phone. I don't think a lot of people buying the Moto Z Play, pretty are, small market, right, are going to be buying the projector mod. So. That's fair. Uh, it's it's a it's a small trade, I think, and I could be wrong about that. I really I have to talk to to Daniel, and he's away right now, so he'll probably yell at me when he gets back. Yeah. So again, speculation. Somebody was uh, talking to me there. They looked at you know, Motorola has an SDK for their mod things. Uh, it, they want to build an amp meter, uh, you know, an electrical meter with leads. Yeah. That works on your phone. That got me thinking. I I used to think all these mods and stuff that that was absolutely stupid. But because I'm a nerd and somebody promised me a multimeter built into my phone, now I'm all for it. So well, why can't you just do that with like USB Type C? Well, you could, but this is it snaps onto the back. It's yeah, the idea is that you could kind of continue to use it as a phone. I mean, think about all the all the you know the people right. that would put a case on their phone that has extra functionality, like a battery or something. But they're not gonna just have this thing carry you know they're not going to carry around a plug-in thing uh based on uh, so since we're talking about out of my sales all the things (laughs) (laughs) i was just thinking of like you know like an infrared camera you know those that they just kind of pop into the oh sure and like i mean maybe for utility camera yeah not everybody's gonna build a mod specific for moto phones when they can <clears throat> it addressed a wider market with USB-C, but if you go through the trouble 
your attachment rate, no pun intended, oh, yeah. is <laughs> going to be way hard, uh, way higher. So they're rolling out four new Moto mods to coincide with this that are all backward compatible to the previous That's good. Um, Moto line. I mean, of course, it kind of hamstrings the design because they have to fit the same size. But we have a new version of the JBL speaker that has a bigger battery in it and apparently better speakers and two colors. Um, there's a new turbocharge battery pack that will charge it at a rate of 15 watts, Ooh, which is pretty amazing. I like that. Dang. That's like my only real complaint about the other, the batteries that you can clip on to the original Moto Z was that the battery part was slow. Mm-hmm. So Jerry's probably not a fan of that. No, because that's going to explode in somebody's pocket and that's going to oh, kill. Boy. That will kill you. Oh, boy. Well, so here's the thing. What Here's what people already do, because I see this every single day. They have phone in front pocket, battery pack in back pocket, with quick charge three and a USB cable running from their front pocket oh to their it's back the pocket. It's horrible too. It's the that new makes chain me wallet. just twitch. <laughs> so this is what they're going to do. So this is at least you're buying something that's built exactly for this. You're not and buying random battery. Than, that's better than the USB cable draped across your body. Is nobody freaking yes. out about people who just like leave battery packs in their back pocket? I don't know. This no, is- this is pretty standard. Uh, yeah. I, so, I have actively watched a group of high school kids like screwing around outside of a movie theater, kicking their friends that have the batteries in their back pocket, like joking standard. about them blowing up. And I'm seriously staring at them like, wow, That's this is going to happen. Awesome. That's awesome. Like, I've seen it <laughs> actually go, happen in my area. So, yeah, I will be no, watching the paper. You, you keep children doing that, cannot right? be trusted with battery packs is what we have learned today on the AC podcast. That's it, Darwin's effect. You got to weed them out. That's a 3,500 milliamp hour battery, which sure, it doesn't necessarily replace the fact that they dropped the battery in the Moto Z2 play from the Z play by almost 20%. But, you know, this is kind of Motorola's thing. Let's make the phone super thin and then you can choose what you want. want. I mean, a 3,000 milliamp hour battery plus a battery pack that gives you another 3,500 is, you know, that's that's huge battery life. So that one's 80 bucks as well, same as the speaker. Um, they also have a style shell that has wireless charging built in, which is exactly what we were asking for yeah. when the first Moto Z came out. We, we skipped the part that it's got a new processor that may offset the no, 17%. It, it, we don't know yet. It's We all diss the old Snapdragon 625. I'm not going to diss this new one because I learned my lesson. I want to see it in action. Well, I mean, we know based on, I'm just going off of what Daniel said, you know, the 626, well, we could talk, one sec, we'll get back to the phone. I just want to finish up the Moto Mods, wireless charging Moto Mod, and one that I know Russell's interested in, the GamePad Moto Mod, which gives you a D-pad on one side, a set of uh, buttons on the right, and uh, two joysticks. And, you know, you just set your phone in there and, you know, it pairs up perfectly. Does it play Nintendo Switch games? Because that's what it reminds me of. Well, it it does look like that. It does kind of look like that. But you know what? Uh, I'm I'm happy with Nintendo for this. Uh, Nokia is never going to come back and give me another Engage. <laughs> so this is the next best R. thing. I've got one that still works. I'll trade you for something. What? Cool. Yes, yes. I'll trade it to you. What for something will you cool. trade him, Russell? 
Make it happen. Uh, you know what I will trade? I will trade the Sony variant of that same kind of phone. Nice. Ooh. Nice. I, I actually have I actually have an engineering build of that that uh oh, that, oh, 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 oh. Keep talking yeah. to me. I'm excited. <laughs> I'll send you pictures after. Okay. So I mean. The difference is here, you know, you can choose when you want to have a controller, you can choose not to. It doesn't have to be this big compromise. This is the kind of stuff that we all thought about. I think we all wrote uh, or talked about on a podcast when the first Moto Z came out, all the different kind of stuff we would like to see in these mods. So it's pretty awesome to see, you know, a year on just about, you know, we're still, Motorola is still seeding the market with all this cool stuff. Um we, we haven't seen as many third-party ones as maybe we would have expected, but, you know, the size of the market is pretty small. But it's great to see Motorola considering, uh, co- you know, continuing to, to put these out there. Do you guys think that Motorola has been successful in sort of marketing itself as this choose-your-own-adventure kind of smartphone company? Because, you know at least when I talk to people, most of them know Motorola as the great phone brand that once was, you know, and that's kind of what they, what I've heard from some people think, like just seeing billboards on the highway or whatever. And I know that we see Motorola in a certain way, but I don't know. Do you guys think this is like a mainstream identity for them? No. And I'll I'll tell you why you go to the airport in DC you see four people with an iPhone, four mm-hmm. people with a Samsung phone, and two people mm-hmm. with a BlackBerry. When you get off the plane at the airport in San Francisco or L.A., you see five people with an iPhone, five people with a Samsung phone. You don't see anybody with a Motorola phone. Yeah, I mean, the way that they're doing it, they're gi- they're giving it the best shot they've got by having you know this intercompatibility between devices, a very uh, standardized lineup um, with having, you know, the, the, you have the E, the C, the G and the Z, you know, whatever people don't think about the whole range. They just think about this slice of the market yeah. that they're interested in right. and they give them their different options. So you they're know, doing it right. And, and Motorola's money is going to keep coming from the Moto G like, let's but to that end, what if they bring all that? What if the end goal is to bring all that mod stuff to those low end mid range phones that sell a ton mm. in Brazil? If they could do that affordably, that that's genius. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. We're talking about an eighty dollar speaker and an eighty dollar battery pack. Yeah. Like <laughs> these phones cost a hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to say that uh, what I was saying, popularity does not equal good greatness. You know, I, I I'm not going to knock any of Moto's phones. They seem to do exactly as advertised. They're just not popular. They not have. Yeah, you know they, they've not captured the attention that maybe they should have. They just, my God, it's Samsung, Apple, come on, you can't beat them. So, so let me run through the Z2 Play itself, which just the the specs really quick. As Jerry mentioned, it's interesting because the Moto Z Play only came out nine months ago. So this is a Z2 Play in which it's not a full refresh, and at the same time. You know, they dropped the battery considerably, which was kind of the the big thing. So it's down to 3000 milliamp hour. At the same time, they just did the smallest of bumps in processor to the Snapdragon 626, which is a 10% performance increase, which is great. But it doesn't it, it's not as big of a jump as if they went to a 630 or a 660 that would have additional um, power savings and things like that. But again, processor, you know, people don't really care, especially kind of at this you know, 
below flagship price of we're talking about $499 here and exclusive to Verizon at the start. You know, these are going to be sold as a monthly plan, not as look at the processor that's inside. But they have made the the proper jump in the camera. They kind of gave it the Moto G treatment, G5 treatment, where they went to larger pixels, 1.4 micron with a 12 megapixel sensor, you know, one um and an F17 lens. So that was a that was a good improvement. I I want you to go look at the Moto Z2 Play review where Daniel has, you know, his take on the camera as he's been shooting with it. I saw a lot of really nice photos in there and this seems like a nice upgrade where the play really didn't get shut out of the camera. Well, you have to remember it's Verizon exclusive for a few months. Somebody's going to go in and they're looking at a phone at Verizon and they don't want to spend 900 bucks. A salesman's going to say, Hey, this one runs new, you know, the newest Android that you might've heard about. It's got the new connector on it and it's waterproof. Check it out. And it's only $450 or whatever it is. That's how you sell right. this phone. These photos and, are amazing, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> and and it'll probably be part of like a buy one, get one thing real quick with Verizon. Like this is this is the this is the phone that they want you to to you know buy your kids, basically. Right. We we can obsess over the specs, but we're not buying enough phones to keep Motorola afloat. Right. So the the interesting other other part about this is they made the necessary improvements in the Z2, I think, to make it more appealing to a wider number of people, like Jerry was saying, because right now Motorola has no plans to release a successor to the Moto Z. So the, we're, we're maybe in a situation here where we're just going to have a Z Play and a Z Force or whatever they want to call it to but they they don't see i mean i'm sure they saw the sales numbers they don't see a place for the middle ground so they made the Z2 play a bit closer to the Z in terms of they made it thinner to appeal to those people but still had the mod compatibility bumped the processor a little bit and we know Moto does a pretty darn good job with optimizing software to work well on these uh, lower, slightly lower end chips, and they have it has all the same features. So they're saying we're going to have the big beefy shatterproof one, and then we're going to have the sleek, uh, performant, cheap, you know, cheaper one. And you know, for Motorola, it doesn't really make sense to have that separate Z skew. Um, what do you think about that, Russell? Is that the way to go? Yeah, I mean, it's probably the way to go. You know, anytime that we were talking about choosing between the Z and the Z Force last year, you know, the the big thing that it came down to was that the Z Force was only available on Verizon. But the Z Force was clearly the better option. You know, having that indestructible screen uh, was, you know, and, and still is a big deal. You know, my uh, uh, my partner uses one all the time and drops that phone probably 90 times a week and has never broken it. So I would buy 10 more of them if I, you know, if it made sense and just never, ever, ever use another phone. Um, but, uh, you know, the the thing I think we saw with, with this phone, uh, you know, the big thing was that it, you know, it got slimmer so that the mods become more enjoyable when you're wearing them. Or when they're on the phone, I guess wearing them is a weird the way of saying that. The phone is wearing them. Yeah, when the phone is wearing them. Uh, and so the uh, we'll probably see the same thing with the Z Force, you know, where it'll get a little slimmer. Uh, hopefully that means that the uh, the indestructible thing has gotten a little better and not that there is less battery. Uh, but it could be a little of both. Uh, but, but if that happens, if they end up making the Z Force slimmer, then there really is no reason for there to be a Z. 
you know, because that was the the big thing was that the Z Force, you know, for for most people was just a slightly thicker, slightly more indestructible version of the Moto Z. Slightly hotter. It did also get a little yeah, warmer. It, my husband's using one right now. It's like it gets super hot, and I legitimately worry about him putting that in, in his pocket. <laughs> it's so hot. Listen to me, Verizon. You 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 sell this phone, and rather instead of putting it on something stupid like fifty dollars today, and you know pay your bill for ninety years or whatever, you sell this phone and you give people a free power pack or wireless charging shell. Now you're spending seventy bucks, and that's retail, and people would love that and tell other people about it. And that would make for a hell of a commercial. I now, think they might me. do that. I think I remember seeing a billboard ad like that about the original Moto Z. It's like, buy this and get two free. And, you know, LG's giving away Google Homes and all these companies give away stuff. There you go, Verizon. I mean, Verizon loves Motorola anyway. So do that and make sure it was my idea. <laughs> that, that is, I mean, so Verizon, say we all. Verizon's got to start turning to Jerry for the promotional advice. I agree. Uh, it's great promotional I advice. Will. I'm on board. We're we're going to learn a lot more about the Z2 Play as uh, Daniel's going to come back from his wonderful vacation where he's going to be uh, using this phone a lot. He, you know, go read his review. He really liked it despite the some of the shortcomings. The photos are incredible. Just that one and photo, by the way. The photos are really good. That that red sunset photo is really great. Um, so go check that out, and he'll talk about it more next week, and I'm sure I'll have some more follow-ups because he's actually really fond of this. Before we go and talk about the essential phone, I have to take a quick break here because, like Daniel also mentioned last week, we are starting to integrate some uh, advertisers into the show, and right now we're starting with uh, Thrifter, which is actually associated with Mobile Nations and Android Central, so that's why you might see some thrifter posts up on the site and what thrifter is all about it's right in the name maybe you want to be thrifty you want to buy you know some accessories for your phone or a phone or hey it doesn't have to be mobile related it could be you know anything around the house they find the deal so you don't have to go sign up for all these crazy newsletters all that kind of stuff or find them yourself they point them out on twitter they you know point them out on android central you just go through you click to buy you get the cheaper stuff so Go ahead and follow them over at, at Thrifter Daily on Twitter, and they have thrifter.com. You just go take a look. I mean, why don't you like saving money? You do like saving money. Okay, and now we get to go onto a phone where you're not going to save any money because it's also you're expensive. You're not going to own this phone. No, and the, you shouldn't. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to buy this phone. Everyone's real excited about it right now, and Everyone's I'm sorry for interrupting you. super excited about so it. So this no one, is No one's buying the, this phone essential phone so this is a company that is called essential so we have a one plus situation where the name of the company is in the name of the phone all the time because if you just say i just bought the phone it's not going to make a whole lot of sense i thought the model was ph1 it is the ph1 so you so know phone because andy rubin i'm i'm gonna come to your house man that was that was the biggest dad joke <laughs> unfortunately like, better yet, Russell you can go to his bakery next time you're out here I, I yeah. can go to his bakery so unfortunately I'm, the essential home which we'll talk about in yes. a minute is HM-1 so that that doesn't really work but 
the the mm. phone, the mm. PH1, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Uh, mm. This is a $699 phone from Essential, which is a company started by Andy Rubin. You may have heard of him. Uh, he created Android, Android along with a bunch of other people before it got purchased by Google. Um, Flo, why why should anybody care about the Essential phone? You're or not. A, you're asking me that. Uh, I mm. sort of, I'll be quite honest that earlier this week, I dismissed it as this is Andy Rubin's pet project that's just getting, it just has perfectly timed press. I mean, it happened to get announced the day after Memorial Day, which is like, it's a very quiet day in the, in the news sphere, at least in the tech news sphere, because not much has happened because of the three-day holiday. Then he did the Steve Jobsian rounds at the Code Conference, sitting in the big red chairs, showing off the phone. And then that's when I sort of started to be like, okay. So I, I kind of understand why people are excited about this phone now. And it's because when you see it, at least on video, as we did on a YouTube stream, it looks quite gorgeous. It looks pretty, as much as I would say the GS8 looks when you first take it out of the box. I mean, it's... It's shiny. It's made of titanium, which is, you know, supposed to hold better as a chassis than, you know, the aluminum metal around your phone now. Um, it's it's backed by some of Android's OGs, which, you know, mm-hmm. is very is a very big deal for some. So I mean, from that, from that sphere, it's it's very interesting. But as Jerry is saying, 700 bucks. Um, I'm not it's not the price that gets me. It's a uh, Android doesn't work this way. Mm. This is, this is so different. This is a, this is Andy Rubin who who knows his stuff. Come on. He, he was part of the people that invented it, but he has twisted it into something else and made it compatible with Google play, which good for him. That's how Android exists. So, I mean, I want you to expand on that, Jerry, because we don't know a whole lot about what they're doing on the phone but i i listened to his whole well i listened to his whole interview with walt mossberg at the code conference as flo said he said that they literally aren't doing anything to android outside of adding you know adding their stuff for their their modular pogo pin things which we'll talk about in a minute Mm -hmm. if he's not then you definitely shouldn't buy this phone because every app every video everything is going to be cut off at the top well, so okay, or, or yeah, we have to. Android does not work this way, right? The, we have to yes, talk about the essential this. Essential so phone this, has very little bezel. <laughs> yeah, uh, at the top there is effectively just enough hardware to keep the phone from falling apart. <laughs> it's uh, there is just the screen that goes all the way to the edges, and in the top center is a little dip down Tiny where the. Dip. Yeah, that just kind of looks like something that's a smudge on there, but it's the front-facing camera. And so Andy Rubin talked about how, you know, we wanted this, you know, no bezel on three sides kind of thing. You still have to have a chin on the bottom, of course. And the way to accomplish that was it would have had to move the front-facing camera to the bottom. Some phones have done that. It's really stupid. Mm -hmm. It's not useful (laughs) for a selfie or... Anything like that. So instead of eschew the front-facing camera altogether, he puts it up there. His argument is it's a, what is he? It's a 19 by 10 display uh, is the, you know, the fraction yeah. that they're using. Versus 18 so it's by extra, 10 and 18.5 by 10, by the way. It's, so it's extra tall. Um, so that 
portion, of course, is screen all the way up. It's in the middle of the status bar. So he talks about the fact that icons grow from the left, icons grow from the right in the status bar. They there will be nothing. There's no reason for you to touch there or see anything there. And because it has this extra tall display, if you view a full view, um, a full sixteen by nine video, there will just simply be a black bar on. You know, if you hold this phone in landscape on the left side, there's this, you know, there's going to have to be a little black bar in which they black out everything the above and beyond the front facing. But that's not how resolution scaling works. It'll well, be- then, Jerry, this is exactly what the LG G6 and Galaxy S8 do already. They give you, if I view a full screen video in the Watch ESPN app, because this you know, they're hard-coded to 16 by 9. Mm-hmm. I get black bars on the left and right bars, of the Galaxy S, S8. The S, there you go. Well, you, you get, can you can choose. You can shift it up, shift it down. It doesn't matter. It's still going to be right there. I mean, it, it's it's not an, an unfathomable for Essential to define the top of the display is right there. But uh, I just, you know, we were all happy when Samsung switched to use Android's multi-window an Android's fingerprint because previously they had to invent it. They had to change Android to make it work. We were glad when they got on board and we're glad to see Google include all this new stuff that other people can use. Well, this is what we saw in 2015 all over again. Somebody is taking and making it non-standard and I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. I'm going to say that's a bad thing for anybody who would want to buy this phone. You don't want to be the test subject. I might, Russell might, but it's going to be, it's, it, I agree. It's going to be easy for them to screw it up, but I don't think it is impossible for essential to figure out what they're very smart people to, when you view something full screen, put a black bar on the top. When, 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 you know, you look at who's doing it. Yeah. It's probably less difficult than I think. Just think about it right now. The front-facing camera does not come below where the typical status bar is on your phone. No. So whenever you're viewing a non-full-screen app that would still have the status bar and the on-screen buttons, you won't notice the difference. The only thing it interferes with is the dead center of the status bar, which you're not, you, you don't have any reason to interact with that. So the only question is how they define it with the full screen. They have plenty of room to work with with a 19 by 10 display. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just worried that when you, you download your favorite game and it's hard coded 1080p, do you want a small little picture in the middle of a screen with big, huge black bars on the top, bottom, left, and right? Then you don't know, buy a Galaxy S8 or LG G6 because you have the exact same problem. That's the, that's the thing. It's, it's kind of the new thing. I don't think that's exclusive to Essential. Well, with the G6 and the S8, Google handled it. Developers just need to update. What are you talking about? They they didn't handle it. They have settings in there where you have to force it to stretch out apps. But you can write an app that just automatically does it for you. Well, I mean, developers not right. following guidelines. What's you right. know, news I mean, at eleven? They, they <laughs> introduced the new extra large display format specifically for this. Now, eventually, if if this is a thing, then it takes off and. It treats things differently, which I think it does. I know what he said, but I'm pretty sure it's going to. Google may think this is a great idea and add this to Android itself. And since Andy Rubin wrote it, that's probably not going to be difficult. But in the meantime, 
you're the one, if you buy this phone, that's going to be downloading, oh, look, check this app out. And then you try to run it and it sucks. Yeah. I mean, I think that all of those apps that are going to suck on the Essential are still also going to suck on the GS8 and LG G6. The best thing for the Essential's potential, you know, little sliver of a possibility of success is that there are two well-known phones from well-known brands that are also doing tall displays that might get developers to think about this. I mean, that's that might help it out. But beyond that, nobody's going to buy this phone <laughs> to to start with. I mean, we, we have, a, again, a phone just like the, hey, it's $100 less than the Xperia XE Premium. It's $699. <laughs> but they're doing the same thing. They're saying, look, it's got a super high resolution display. It's got a Snapdragon 835. It's got, what, six gigs of RAM. It's got storage, all this stuff. What, I mean, for you, Russell, what is the hook with the Essential phone? Uh, that I will be able to purchase it and a scone in Ruben's uh, muffin shop. Oh, yeah. Um, is he going to no, have it on the shelf see, right yeah, there? Yeah, he's going to have I, it right I, behind I, the cupcakes. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> Like a loaf of bread and an essential pH one, please. Uh, no, so this the the thing that excites me about this phone uh, is the there, there's an accessory panel on the back that is almost a, like a like a Moto Mod thing. This is it is it is hilarious to me that it is 2017 and the design that uh, that that never went anywhere with the Nexus One is now coming back <clears throat> and, uh, and the Nexus seven. Yes. And, and the Nexus seven, this is uh their pogo pins uh, are, are on the back of the phone mm-hmm. and the, the pogo pins are going to deliver power and data to a number of accessories. One of which is uh, uh, what, what it, what he calls the, the world's thinnest 360 degree camera, which is the most meaningless statistic ever. Uh, but there are a couple of neat accessories that clip onto the back of this thing and, and can be useful. And, and I like that idea as long as the accessories are actually of, of quality. I like that the, the body is titanium uh, and, and has been designed in, in a way that, you know, we're being directly challenged to perform drop tests on this phone. Like Ruben said that out loud. Yeah. Uh, to, it's you know, the, the, uh, the ceramic phone. on the back as well. Right. So, so I mean, this is... Uh, that titanium screen is going to do well when I drop it. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's it'll be interesting to see, you know, but but the the promises that are being made here that interest me personally, uh, you know, how well that accessory panel uh, you know, actually ends up being used and whether this phone is actually as durable as he claims. You know, if if those two things pan out, uh and and you know, the the camera isn't uh terrible, then then you know, it's something that I would be interested in at least trying. I'm also a little curious about how the the way the front facing camera is positioned makes uh, video chats uh, either more or less engaging, you know, mm. because the the it'll be positioned closer to where you're actually, you know, trying to look. Yeah. Uh, so v- it's versus up in the possible. corner or something. Right. Right. So it's possible that you know that this phone will make video chats a little more you know kind of organic and personable if it actually looks like the person you're talking to on an essential is looking at you. That's a really great point, Russell. I didn't even like think about that. That's yeah. It it might not be the case. It's because it's it's you know, but it's in the screen now, so that it might be. So because if, to to do that now, you have to put an extra wide camera on there, right? And you you got a person in the middle of a big screen. 
But if with the camera lower, I see what you're saying. You may just be able to have your face in there and it looks like you're actually engaging. And that could be interesting if, if that ends up being, you know, how that works. That's that's something that I'm eager to try out. So, Russell, I think you I think you hit on some important points there that like it, all this stuff is cool if right. they get the, the regular stuff down. Like, is the battery life actually going to be good? Have they done all that optimization? Like uh, we've seen time and time again, you can't just throw components together. I'm not assuming that they just threw them together, but you can't <laughs> just assume that you get great battery life. Because you put a 3,400 milliamp hour yeah. battery and a Snapdragon right. 835 in there. There's lots of, they, they don't have a lot of first time developers in there, but you it's have to really get it right. It's really important to remember that Andy Rubin's companies up to this point mm. have a long history of being really big on features and not really big on polish. You know, Danger Labs, the the sidekicks mm-hmm. were awesome as far as features. Like you know, like it or not, sidekicks started the the smartphone revolution. Like we we give Apple a lot of credit. A ton of features that came to the Danger hip tops moved to Palm and yep. moved to uh, you know moved to to Windows Phone and and then eventually moved to uh, to Android. Uh, you know, so so you know, Danger did a lot as far as hard features, but they they were never very good on the the Danger hip tops. You know, the Sidekicks were were buggy and and compromised phones. They were they were never great. Uh, and and by the way, like you know, Russell at AndroidCentral.com, feel free to drop me some hate. But I use all of them. I'm gonna my Sidekick out and email yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I bet you will. But you know, so and you take a look at at Andy Rubin's time, uh, you know, running Android. You know, we're we're looking at the the G1 and the Nexus one and, and, you know, moving into, into those phones. These were phones that were really big on features. You know, the, the Nexus one was the, the very first phone to have a one gigahertz processor. And that was a huge deal when that happened, but the, the phone was not very polished. You know, it it had a lot of problems, including like it had heart, uh, that had manufacturing problems. They had never made deals. There was no multi-touch support on the phone. I hate you all. That was right. the best phone ever. Russell a- <laughs> is making a great point about the sidekick, though. Yes, because, he is. And the Nexus one. And, and that was, but the sidekick back in the day, okay, I'm just, from my own, like, experience, the reason it was such a big <laughs> deal is because it was kind of the first of its kind. I mean, that was, like, a full QWERTY keyboard. And for us young millennials, it was, like, the best way for us to, you know, oh, and it had AOL Instant Messenger built in, which was a thing yeah. you didn't really get with other phones. But now, with this quote unquote, a central phone that's being launched. Look at all the other competition that it has alongside. I mean, how are you going to have this compete against what Samsung and Apple have been so successful at doing? I mean, hello, they have the markets here. Right. That's why polish is a a big concern of mine with this phone, because Andy Rubin is an engineer, you know, first and foremost. And polish has has like historically not been a focus for him. So maybe I, I would love that to be different. Maybe he hired someone because uh, let's, like, like uh, it's you're, totally possible. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I he's mean, just he's working no at Johnny his bakery. Uh, this, I, I wanted to talk real quick about the accessory panel. Yes, that's not going to be any problem. It's that's just USB-C. Oh, yeah. Over yeah. pogo pones. So all that should work great. The interesting thing about that, actually, I just want to sidebar it. Double sidebar is uh, I, I implore everybody to go watch the interview with Walt Mossberg is yes, about 55 minutes. He sa- he says a lot of cool stuff. The stuff about the phone is only about 35 minutes long. He talks about the accessories as a version 1.0 of moving to 
all wireless stuff because the pogo pins don't actually provide any data transfer. It's just a standard for power. Right. And he's actually doing uh, Wi-Fi, well, not Wi-Fi direct, Y-Gig wireless transfer between the phone and the accessories. The pogo pins just tell the, you know, tell the accessory to turn on and it's wireless. He sees this as an, you know, a way and not restricting it to the size of a moto mod where it has to fit on the exact back of the phone. It only has to fit the magnet that's in the back and the two pogo pins. So he talks about a lot of very, as you talked about, he's an engineer. He talks very much about the future of all these different things. And look, we can get to a, you know, a portless world and all this. And then Walt Mossberg says, well, but you, you have a USB-C port on the bottom. So you clearly understand that, you know, bring it back down to earth a little bit like there are realities of the world that we actually live in and the you know the world where this phone is actually going to be for the next year and it has to it has to get the basics right people don't buy a phone necessarily russell for the 360 camera capabilities that you're going to plug into the top um not yet at least that's fake news i'm tired of you tired of your lies (laughs) people buy a a high-end phone because they want you know the performance to be great and the battery life and the camera has to be spot on you know that kind of stuff like the the target market for the essential phone right now is people that want the clean software and an unlocked phone and like the design and have the money to spend on it he's basically going He's basically going after the same people that buy an unlocked Galaxy S8 Plus or an XZ Premium or a Pixel XL. Like those are three very small markets. Uh, And so that's the interesting thing is like, what's the hook for getting more than 50,000 sales of this thing? Well, no, I I don't think he wants more than 50,000 sales right now. Uh, They can't make more than, you know, if, if it became popular, they couldn't manufacture them. Yes, yeah, so he also addressed that, which was was smart. He said, I want to get to a large scale, but I understand that the way to do cool technologies like he he said it he said if I was Apple or Samsung, I could not produce enough titanium framed ceramic backed mm. phones with these components. Like that just isn't possible at their scale. But at my scale, I can build a really cool phone and hopefully he explained you know, as sales grow, I can ramp up the supply chain at the same time and make those things happen. That's why we see all of these phones, you know, they have very similar builds. We talk about, you know, the phone has a Gorilla Glass 5 back and it has an aluminum frame and it has these basic shapes and these basic components. That's what he's talking about. Again, very, I wouldn't say pie in the sky, but, you know, it's very aspirational. Because he's using new radio technology to communicate with accessories russell's point about polish becomes even more popular Mm. because the only accessories you're going to have are the ones they make Mm. no no other company is ever going to make anything that works with this not not until they can sell 20 million of them so you know and the stuff they're offering the 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 home and you know the camera that that's all really cool as long as it works well and looks good and and that's the thing we're we're still at least a month off from the phones shipping uh the essential home which we unfortunately don't have time to get into a whole another thing about the essential home uh they're not even talking about it much you know we don't know the price or availability of that if anything we just yeah you know, we're, a picture. we're still we're still 2 months out from having a 
actual decent feeling for the phone and how that's going, let alone, you know, the ecosystem around it, you know, how they're going to tie it into different devices. We only have the one accessory right now. You know, we're, we're still a little ways off. Yeah, the, the first thing I thought when I saw all this, and I had talked with Alex a little bit yesterday, he kind of feels the same way. This is another thing that Andy Rubin worked hard to figure out so another company can buy it. Hmm. There are stuff he's going to there, there there are things he's going to do that will be very appealing if Samsung could do them or Apple could do them or Motorola he needs or, the money or for a new bakery. Well, expanding. I don't think he needs the money for anything. <laughs> but uh that's just what he does. That's what Andy Rubin is good at is inventing something new and disruptive and 90% of it fails, but the 10% of it that doesn't turns out, you know, 80% of the people in the world have an Android smartphone. That's true. Sure. We will benefit, hopefully, from the end results. So we've covered the entire gambit here. We've talked about phones you can buy, phones you can buy in the very near term that you might care about, and phones that you may not buy or care about in any time frame. But that's where we got to stick a fork in it because we are at nicely over an hour, but we're keeping it under an hour and a half here, folks. And this is a four-day work week, by the way, and we still had all that yeah. hardware news. Flo, where can people find you in the meantime? You guys can find me on the Twitters and the Snapchats at oh that flow, And of course, you can read me at AndroidCentral.com. And Russell, I bet we can't find you on Snapchat, but where can we find you? You cannot find me on Snapchat, but just about everything else, I am at Russell Holly. Excellent. And I know I can find Jerry on Twitter. Is, is that where you want people baby, going? I'm back. Oh, okay. What's your handle on Instagram? Account, same at GBHIL. I, all uh, I, had to do write, you need to remember to keep your pants on when taking. All I had to do is write a letter and beg, or you know, an email of the the okay. 21st century I, I'm, letter. I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow Jerry on Instagram because I don't think I remember ever having followed you. I'm, I must have came that's into the Instagram. <laughs> I follow you on Instagram, Jerry. And that's all that matters. Man, <laughs> the pressure the is on deal. now. Hey, so, you know, real quick, the Key One went yes. on sale. This oh, phone, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And no, nobody else loves it but me, and I, well, I, I haven't that's touched fine. it yet. Oh, you're, you're going to love it. You are going yeah, to love it. I haven't. I've been kept in the dark because it doesn't do VR, and and that's my mm. that's my closet right now. So, but uh, I, I I wrote some stuff. It's over on Crackberry. I think probably where it belongs. If you want to, you know, see my take as well as the great reviews from Daniel and Kevin, but uh. Hey, if you are interested, you can probably find uh, one to look at somewhere here shortly. Yeah, uh, there's um, they're selling out everywhere online. But oh, they're yeah. supposed to be in uh, in best select Best Buy stores. Yep. So if you're in the U.S., and if you're in Canada, I think everybody, even Telus now, caved and due to demand, yep. you're going to be able to buy it at Telus. So I'm not going to say BlackBerry's back, but if you were missing that that keyboard thing on a great phone. Yeah, check it out. And you're going to find, when you go follow Jerry Hildenbrand at GB Hill on Instagram, you could probably find some key one photos on there, I yes, assume. Yes, yes, Camera isn't so bad. So that'll sell you. It's, I mean, you know, it's not great, but it isn't bad. So uh, over on my Instagram, at my name, Andrew Martnick, 
on uh, Instagram, you're going to find Xperia XZ premium photos and they might be highly over sharpened. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to be going through that, but you also see photos from all kinds of other phones. Scroll back the last couple weeks. That's all HTC U11, which is excellent. 3D backpacks. I want to put on a pair of 3D glasses. And that's epic. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting one. You can find that one on Twitter. Uh, same thing at Andrew Martinick on Twitter. And you can follow all the good stuff that we do at Android Central on Twitter. And of course, I'm not sure how you found this podcast without knowing that we're at AndroidCentral.com. But, you know, if this is your first podcast, welcome. And, uh, and we're, we're sorry. We're... <laughs> I'm not sorry. Well, you're not because I, you're just you, you evil little bit. I was going to say, we're just rotating the cast. Not necessarily sorry, but... I am sorry to have to put an end to this. We could go another hour and uh, 20 minutes, but we're going to shut it down here. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have fun. Adios.